There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom is built for your psychology and your biology, meeting you where you are. Noom Weight uses psychology. That's why they say losing weight starts with your brain. But it also takes into account your unique biological factors, which also affect weight loss success. The program helps you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have cravings. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. Plus, check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available for pre-order wherever books are sold. Welcome, Whovians, to a very special Hootopia edition of the Nerdist Podcast, number 81. This is a special uh, Q&A that happened after the BBC very generously screened the first two episodes of the new series of Doctor Who a couple weeks ago in New York. Uh, on the panel, uh, you'll hear uh, Beth Willis and Piers Winger, who are executive producers, Toby Haynes, who directed uh, the first two episodes in addition to the Christmas episode and uh, the last episode of last series that Pandora opens. Uh, also, you will hear Stephen Moffat. You'll hear Karen Gillan, Arthur Darville, Alex Kingston, and Matt Smith. Um, everyone, I have to tell you, is just as nice as you would hope they would be. They're incredible. So it was a real treat to hang out with them. Uh, we saw a lot of Who fans. Uh, people seemed super psyched. People lined up the night before the screening. They're literally in line outside in New York for like 24 hours. So uh, uh, good moxie. Good moxie on your part. Good hustle. And uh, so this panel, it's only about 40 minutes long. Uh, there were so many, the demand was so high for these screenings that they did a second series of screenings. So we only had about 40 minutes after uh, the screening of the first two episodes to turn the theater around to let, you know, another 700 to 1,000 Who fans come in and uh, screen the episodes again. So this new series looks incredible. Um, the Impossible Astronaut, uh, the first episode and the second episode as well, were mind-blowing to me. Uh, they premiere April 23rd, Saturday at 9 p.m. 8 Central on BBC America. Uh, special thanks to uh, Matt Stein and Devin Johnson of the BBC and uh, everyone over there who just made this entire experience uh, one of the most fun experience in this nerd's uh, young life. Uh, as a side note, uh, my comedy tour is on now. If you're a Whovian, uh, please come out and see me do stand-up comedy jokes. Uh, I'll be in uh, Minneapolis and Detroit and Dallas and Seattle and lots of places. So make sure and check out all that info at Nerdist.com. That is it. Here it is, the Nerdist episode number 81, Hootopia! Hooray! Bonus episode. Now entering Nerdist.com.
are you? Oh, insane. Oh my God, there was a fair bit of pants crapping by me backstage. That was insane. Uh, I'm going to get this going because uh, there's a lot of people that are going to be on this panel, as, uh, as you can tell by the chairs. So let me first start with the executive producer of Doctor Who, Mr. Piers Wenger is here. The other executive producer of Doctor Who, Beth Willis, is here as well. Oh, Piers, I think uh, let's, let's start this way and then, and then we'll go down this, this way. Excellent. Uh, all right, the director of the two episodes. It really just felt like a movie, right? That was just a movie we watched. And the director of that film was Mr. Toby Haynes, who is here. We met at WonderCon last week. Congratulations. Uh, also, uh, maybe you may have heard of this next guy. His name is O. Stephen Moffat. <laughs> oh my God! I love you so much. I love you so much. I'm never washing my body again. Uh, in the that was gross. In the role of uh, River Song, Alex Kingston is here. Also. In the role of uh, Rory Williams, uh, Mr. Arthur Darvel. <laughs> there he is. And of course, as Amy Pond, Karen Gillan. Now, uh, Matt Smith really wanted to be here tonight. I'm totally kidding. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the role of the doctor, Mr. Matt Smith. This is the crew, wow. I, I shouldn't have teased that you weren't here. I would have been ripped limb from limb uh, by angry fans. First of all, you guys, uh, I know a lot of you guys started lining up last night. Uh, I mean, this... This is, this is amazing, you guys. I mean, have, have you ever watched the show like this in front of a, a crowd before? Is this your, uh, is this, 
Is this, let's just kind of go down. You, you guys are so much more fun to be with than a UK audience. Yeah. <laughs> so there goes the UK audience. <laughs> so the, the UK audiences don't wait in they, line they, for 24 they hours. Politely, and they politely clap, but, um, <laughs> but you guys go for it, which is great. Yeah, that's how we do it in America. Uh, everything's bigger. So, uh, is, this, is this your first time in, in, in the States, you guys? Have you all, have you all been in the States? Oh, no, before? we've been here. We've been here many times, but it, it feels like coming home this time. What a welcome. Yeah. <laughs> have you guys, uh, uh, Matt, Karen, Arthur, Alex, have you guys had a little time to kind of traipse around New York the last couple of days? Yeah, we have. Yeah. We've been working very hard as well. Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's an amazing city. Incredible. We've made just amazing. Thank you. So why this is? I guess this is for Stephen or for Piers or Beth. Why the decision to finally come to America? You know, after uh, almost fifty years. As an excuse to come here, I suppose. No, it was just. It was the idea for the story. Yeah. It was the. Uh, we had an idea for our story that was was set in in, in 60s America and our own NASA and all that. Uh, and then we sort of spoke to BBC America and we thought we could actually do it. We could actually come and shoot on location. I mean, it seems odd when a show can go anywhere in time and space to make a big fuss about a bit of travel you could actually do in a plane. But um, it, it does change the look and the feel of it. And it was just, it, it was just incredibly exciting to do. Yeah. I mean, I don't know uh, whether or not that's how you sell it to an American audience, because it's not like American audiences are starved of shows set in America. They're not <laughs> sitting around saying, oh, not another Bolivian sitcom. They are, they have provided that. But um, I think you get to see our in, insane, daffy British characters bumbling around the Oval Office and, and canyons and stuff. And, that, and that's fun. It's a different way of looking at the show. Yeah. I, you guys shot in Utah for, for quite a while, right? Yeah, yeah. Toby, how was that? It was amazing. I mean, just the, uh, the landscapes were, I mean, these are John Ford landscapes. These are things I've seen in cinema before. You know, and just kind of to actually see them for real. I mean, it actually felt like the mill had already dropped them in afterwards with CGI. It was just looking at, it just looked phenomenal. And, um, and to turn our cameras on it, to have these guys standing in front of it. I mean, these guys are our icons, you know, and we're mixing them with yours. And it's just, it feels great. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, I, I, I had the most insane nerd pleasure of watching the show with you guys uh, <laughs> down there. And that one of, the, that, one of the, that first shot on Utah, when it's all just the open plains, Matt was like, Whoa! Like it was so. <laughs> it was so cool. Did you guys have fun uh, in Utah? Yeah, it was wonderful. My voice is a bit bad, so uh, excuse me if you can't hear in the back. Mine is as well. Oh, <laughs> don't feel don't too sorry for me. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it was it was incredible. I mean, it's it's um it's been such a journey to get here. I think Toby's done just marvelous work directing it. Um, yeah. <laughs> And uh, we had fun. It was kind of hot and cold. Um, yeah, I got chased by a helicopter. Yeah, that was one of yeah. the scariest things ever. Um, um, but it, it didn't really feel real sometimes when we were there. You look out and it, you know, it looks like a movie. It looks like you're in a movie. When does Doctor Who ever feel real? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you're right. There was a lady just disintegrated in the toilet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it was pretty amazing because I know that, uh, I mean, you, you guys do, you, first of all, you do an amazing job at keeping things under wraps. I don't know how, uh, I mean. Well, the, way we, the first thing we do, and I'll just do it right now, is we beg the press and the audience not to say anything. Now, we yeah. did this a few days ago in, uh, at the British 
press launch, I just stood up and said, look, please, we can't force you, but don't tell anyone who dies. Don't tell them who dies. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I know there's press here as well. And I know this is a boring thing for me to say, because you're saying, what am I going to write about? Tease them. Torment them. Don't tell them. Please. It's amazing. You, I think you, you guys actually do a better job than Apple at keeping things under wraps, which is, which is insane. You swear you won't tell it? Don't spoil it for everyone. You promise? And that, that goes for like the four other theaters that are watching this too. We're actually, we're actually watching this uh, along, the, we're being watched by four other theaters. That was the demand, was so insane, and they still had to turn people away. I mean, this must be, this must be amazing for, for, for you guys as executive producers. Yeah, we just have to scare a lot of people into, 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 not, into not revealing the plot points. But no, to be here and to, to sort of receive this sort of reception is incredible. Yeah. Now, when you, were in, when you were in Utah, I know people did track you guys down, right? There yeah. were, yeah. There, there was like a mini Woodstock uh, yeah. of, of campers. That, what, what? Wow, you don't even need a microphone. You're the loudest person ever. <laughs> All right, uh, don't talk anymore. Um, <laughs> He's nice, but come on, it's not his panel. Listen, I will go to a bar with you after. We'll have a mini panel, just you and me. <laughs> um, so, ha I mean, th there were like campers and people holding. I mean, did you ex did you expect that kind of reception? Well, no, not at all. We didn't even really know where we were ourselves. So, for other people to find us as well, it was quite it was quite stank yeah. And also, Colorado. Yeah. 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 And and That's some far. in the morning. I mean, we had really early calls. There was one call where we were there at four in the morning, and there were already families mm. standing mm. waiting. Oh, wow. Fans and and they they just stuck, somehow knew that we had an early call, but and it was freezing that yeah. morning, yeah. really really <laughs> cold. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they knew about the show because the crew didn't, didn't they? Know. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, so it comes in a blue box, what, what is that? <laughs> Where did it come from? <laughs> it appears! <laughs> but also because of the nature of, of obviously the secrecy and everything, they weren't allowed to watch anything, obviously, mm. because you know, there was quite sensitive stuff on, you know, by the lake, so you know, it literally just did turn up to look at us walking around. Yeah. <laughs> how much, how much do, do you guys know about what's coming up? Is it, uh, is it sort of like Lost, where you only get pages at a time, or do you do you have a, do you sort of have an idea of where where things are going? Stephen teases us. Yeah, yeah. He teases us with his plot. Uh, um, Alex knew the most. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I knew the least. Um, kind of like the actual story. Yeah. The, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we get it kind of episode by episode, and we're always going no, I'm no, no. I mean, wait till the end of episode six. I'm talking a cliffhanger that you can't even imagine. <laughs> Literally, your jaws are going to be on the floor. Um, uh, so it's exciting because we get to sort of um, uh, learn about the plots like, like, like the fans do week by week. It's great. Yeah, and we, we have to, we often give false endings so 
we'll, we'll all sit in a read-through and everyone will think, that ended weirdly, and then we'll scurry into the corner and, and all look at it on Stephen's laptop to find out what really happens. <laughs> I, uh, mean, is it, is it, I mean, are the, three, are the three of you just drunk on power all the time? You literally <laughs> know, yes. I mean, like, yes. you have yes. these the insane yeah. secrets in your head that people would claw each other's eyes no, out to get. Ste We're just the one with in our big secret. room in Cardiff. It's not that Stephen's generally just <laughs> drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. was, I was pretty drunk on power for a while. You <laughs> were. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I have to say, it, it, it's, it, it is a real testament, not only to the writing, but, but to your performances that, I mean, obviously you know, and I've actually, I went to Gallifrey One, uh, which is a huge Doctor Who convention, and, um, and uh, as he pandas to the audience, uh, but, um, but I know that uh, the, these are very devoted fans. And so it's, you know, this is your second series, you know, the four of you, but people embraced you guys like right away. I didn't see one negative thing online like, well, this isn't gonna work. Like immediately they were on board with you guys. So, I mean, congratulations to you for, for doing such a wonderful job. I mean, Thank you. I yeah. mean, as River, River Song, Almost every time you came on screen, people cheered, and then the gun flipping and the laser blasting. Yeah. <laughs> And then also, I mean, these aren't questions. These are me just lavishing you with uh, comments <laughs> and laughing at you like, uh, like a puppy. But, uh, and, and Rory, you're sort of the, the companion's companion. Yeah. And, and it's amazing that, because it's adorable. It's adorable. <laughs> and it's, it's, amazing that, it's amazing that the fans genuinely, what does that say? Rory is the what? Rory is my, my spirit animal. Rory is my spirit animal. <laughs> Just a bunch of words. Oh, yeah. Spirit arrow. A spirit animal. Animal. Oh, yes, I a spirit animal. Spirit arrow. Yes, course, I'm not any of the wiser. It's sort of a Native American thing. Oh right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh really? <laughs> or by sort of, I mean it's entirely a Native American thing. <laughs> but but the fact that you know you play a character that I think a lot of people would expect. Oh, the doctor and the companion. There's probably going to be romantic tension there. But people absolutely root for you guys as a couple, as was evidenced mm. by the. <laughs> I mean, I have to know. Did you know? Did you know early on, like that was was Rory going to be a character that had been planned early on, or was it just? I didn't really know how much I was going to be in when I started. I mean, it, it was literally script by script, and then you know, kind of dying a lot last year was <laughs> was nerve wracking. Um, but yeah, I mean, Stephen doesn't give much away. It was it, it was always the plan that there'd be the married couple on the TARDIS and seeing what that was like, and the Doctor with the married couple him standing in the control room thinking, what have I done? <laughs> Why are they here? But we were so up. lucky to get Arthur because, you know, yes, it's always been Stephen's plan, but, but you know, we fell in love with him last year and, mm. and he's just so completely brilliant, Stephen. Well, and the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the uh, oh, Thank you for embarrassing the hell out of me. <laughs> clearly very comfortable with his own brilliance. Look at his body language. <laughs> <laughs> this means uh, give me attention, right? Yeah, when you're yeah, bald, yeah. unfeedly. It's his spirit animal just kind of yeah. drawing it out. <laughs> of the By the way, wild. there are going to be microphones uh, in a second. I'm going to open this up to you guys because you're why we're here. So I want to make sure that you guys get to ask questions. 
But the chemistry that you guys have is amazing. Did you? I mean, you must have hit it off. It's weird because we hate each other. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I saw the Christmas video you made last year where you sang "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas." Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That. You like That's not a cast who hates each other. You guys. No, we don't really. So right away, was there instant chemistry? Thing is, kind of being actors, you're thrown into it so quickly that you don't have time to think. Yeah, about we it. just met. We've met. When did we meet? At the, uh, the read-through. Read yeah, one. I've also slightly lost my voice. Sorry. Um, I was trying to do some singing last night. But anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I can't tell if we've got chemistry. It's hard to see yourself. I just have to say, whenever I come to do some of the episodes, these two boys treat Karen so badly. So bad. <laughs> Thank you. They are like the two big older brothers who just give her hell on set. Absolutely hell. I'm glad and that's been recognized. Thank yeah. you. Yes, yes. I'm like, I can't believe You're going down, things. Yeah. 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 Absolutely oh, no. not going to survive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Was it, uh, I mean, you know, Doctor Who, obviously le legendary show, uh, particularly in Great Britain. I mean, your, your lives must have changed overnight. Um, what, what were you, just sort of one at a time, what were you, I mean, no, I mean no, Alex, I, I've seen you in tons of stuff and you're, you're amazing. And the, these guys, like, I, I hadn't seen a lot of stuff stateside here. So what, what was it like, you know, sort of this overnight transformation? Well, we wear more hoods now, I guess, right? You know, it's, 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 it's quite a drastic transformation to, to sort of go through, I suppose. Um, but it's a wonderful job, and, you know, we work with wonderful people, and um, we're very fortunate to come to be in New York, to have people hollering and screaming, and, and it's, 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 it's kind of... People are genuinely quite nice to you. Um, <laughs> so it's quite good fun, really. Yeah. <laughs> Well, can you know, at the same time, these, these, these guys are now stopped in the street, but they work six-day weeks, and they spend their Sundays learning I'm lines, not. and they, they work so, so, so hard. They're the most disciplined actors we've ever worked with, ever. Oh, we're actually very, very boring people. We don't, really, <laughs> yeah. we don't really do anything else, and we're not allowed to talk about our job, so you know, we, have, we have nothing to talk yeah. about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we do laugh. Yeah, we, oh boy. We have no, a boy, laugh. Oh boy, do we, we laugh. <laughs> I also want to give a, a quick little shout out to Mark Shepard. Great phenomenal job. I have so many questions I want to. Oh, so many questions I want to ask about the episode, but I'm actually going to podcast this, and I don't want to. I don't want to spoil too much. Um, but uh, let's go to the audience. Do you guys? Do you guys? Are there questions that uh, that you have out there? Oh, I see 50 hands. All right. Uh, hi. What's your name? Oh, I'm Sophia. Hi, Sophia. Hi. Okay. Um, I have a couple things to say. Number one, I just want to say. Um, here's my question. That. Uh, I, um, I study acting here in New York at Lee Strasberg Institute for Film and Theater, and I was looking at a couple of things, like I know where Karen Gillan is cast at Spotlight, your picture is on the website, and, um, <laughs> and I just saw that like you had to be over 16 to be on it, and I was wondering if there's any other way to like be, um, like, be cast on the show oh. than be in London. <laughs> in London? Yeah, well, uh, yeah. you should yeah. speak to these guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who, like, uh, who would you want to play? A villain? A goodie? A baddie? I don't know. I had, like, kind of in mind, like, the girl who was in um, Silence in the Library. Oh, <laughs> like, cool. one of that kind of characters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's your name? 
Um, me, I'm Safia. Safia, okay. We'll, Safia. We'll look out for you. Yeah, and also, I also just want to say that um, this is my favorite show in the world, and right now I'm kind of crying. Oh. And so, my birthday present for my mom was a Photoshop picture of me and Matt Smith. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? Hi, I'm Dawn. Hello, um, Dawn. I have a comment for the ladies and a question for Stephen. Um, on behalf of being a female fan and also a feminist, I would like to thank Karen and Alex for playing two of the strongest science fiction role models. <laughs> There's not always a lot for us out here, and you guys are exceptional. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. It really is. I mean, you know, one of, one of my favorite things about the show is that you guys constantly break ground um, uh, with, in society. I mean, like, you know, going back to the to 2005 series, I feel like you, you always put interracial couples on the show. You always put gay couples on the show whenever you can. And I think it's nice to see that on television, particularly in sci-fi. Is that... I mean, is, is that a, a, a plan to... Because I, I would love to see more of that on television. I don't know if it's a, it's a plan, or I don't think it's even really p uh, political correctness. It's just sort of more fun. Yeah. It feels more Doctor Who. Uh, I mean, we, we go quite mad on that later, so wait and see. We're left at seven. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, why don't you tell us about it? I've got a question coming, and oh, I'm okay. nervous about it. <laughs> Don't be nervous. Okay. Um, my question is actually, you arguably write for two of the most exceptional minds in okay. fiction, um, which is Doctor Who and Sherlock Holmes. And at, the same <laughs> and at the same time, you write for two of their most ordinary partners who are in of themselves extraordinary mm -hmm. men, which is Watson and Rory. How, <laughs> how do you find the parallels between them, or do you really manage to keep them very separate? Um, the, the parallel between Sherlock and Doctor Who is, uh, well, it's, it's obviously going to be made partly because of me, uh, but the, uh, it, it's, it's, it's kind of more visual. They're all cheekbones and big noses, aren't they? Um, you know, it's, sorry, dear, I forgot you were there. Don't, uh, don't, don't, don't tell Benedict, he's very sensitive. He's in a film with a horse, that's taking a risk. Now, as, uh, like the Easter Island joke. Yes, yeah, sorry about that again. Um, to be honest, I don't think Sherlock and the Doctor are actually very similar at all. Sherlock's horrible. He's cold and cruel and remote and aloof. And the Doctor, and, and, and only values his mind. And the Doctor is mad and funny and silly and really wants to go to the fun fair and, uh, and lark around. He doesn't value his own genius at all. It's effortless for him. So I always think they're, slight, they're, they're kind of opposites. The, and the way I think I'm always saying is, you know, the, uh, Sherlock Holmes is a, a human being who aspires to be a god. And, uh, and uh, the Doctor is a god who aspires to be human. He likes the fun things. He likes the silliness. So, so that, would, that would be it. Matt, is it true that when you guys were, were, you, were you concurrently shooting Sherlock and Doctor Who at the same time, I heard a story that when you and Benedict Cumberbatch would pass each other, you'd go, Doctor, Sherlock? Mm. <laughs> uh, no, sadly, that's not true. <laughs> it's but almost true. We can make it so. <laughs> we can make it so. All right, uh, next question. Up there. The other side. Hi, uh, I just wanted to say before my question, uh, a group of us were here for like 21 hours. We all froze together, then we all sweated together, but it was so worth it. Oh, <laughs> 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 my 
my, quest, my question is, besides Doctor Who, what is the most challenging role or project that you have done? Okay, let's start, you want to start with Alex? Sure. Oh. Um, well, I have to say, actually, um, in terms of a role, physically, I think River Song is the most challenging, just because I get the chance to, you know, kick some ass and... <laughs> <laughs> Um, and do stuff on wires and and which I love and and I love all the running around and and uh, it's just fantastic and uh, to be given that opportunity is great uh, so uh, please let me have some more <laughs> Arthur? Uh, I don't, I can't even remember what else I've done. Uh, I've been doing this for so long. Um, you know, every, every job has its challenges. Yeah. Uh, and you know, this, is, this works us really hard, but you know, it, it's got such amazing rewards as well. I think that this job for us three, well, I mean, we constantly sort of reference and, 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 and say, you know, it probably is the most challenging thing we've ever done, purely on a practical level, to learn the lines every day. Um, but it's also the most thrilling and rewarding and the maddest, so... Um, yeah, I think the Doctor is, 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 is the greatest part I've ever played, certainly. Karen, what about you? Hmm? Oh, um, <laughs> sorry. It's <laughs> really engrossed in that. Um, I once played an anorexic nun in something. Wow, and I'd love to see that. It, that was pretty challenging, actually. Um, that was a short film for, for Channel 4 in the UK. <laughs> it wasn't a comedy. <laughs> I promise. What? So there has not been a proliferation of anorexic nun comedies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Another anorexic nun comedy. Come on, guys. <laughs> Gets funnier every time. Uh, <laughs> What were you, I, I know you, you appeared on the show uh, earlier on, right? You were in the Vesuvius episode. Uh, yeah, I was in um, The Fires of Pompeii. Uh, the um, yeah. <laughs> Playing a soothsayer thing. Um, and yeah, David Tennant and uh, Catherine Tate were the doctor and the companion then. <laughs> so at that time, you were just sort of, you were, you know, you just did that one episode. So how did it, you know, how did it come around that, uh, that you and completely unrelated actually because these guys are all it's a whole new team working on them um, on the last years in the series of Doctor Who so it's just completely unrelated and just coincidence when you audition were you like ah, I've already been on the show I don't know if you know I didn't want to say I didn't want to tell them <laughs> I was like oh they'll never cast me now <laughs> we did know Karen we're not more <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that I might have gone unnoticed <laughs> no, it's hard when you're when you're an actor and you're auditioning for something. You're like, I I don't want to open my mouth because I just don't want to screw this up. So yeah. I totally understand. Yeah. I totally understand. Uh, all right, next question. Hi, um, my question. Well, first of all, I would like to say, Arthur, we all love you up here a lot. Oh. Stop. <laughs> um, it's a good day for you. Um, my question is actually for Stephen. Um, when you create your characters, you seem to know their backstories incredibly well, but also where they're going. What do you find is easier to create in your mind before it's on the paper? Where they've been or where they are going to go? Well, that all sort of happens at the same time, really, because it's, it's a story you're telling. So you are thinking that this person's going to come into the show and they're going to do this. And it, it just sort of expands that way. I mean, generally speaking, I'd write my way into it. I'd write dialogue and scenes. And, and you start to know who they are and where they must have been and where they're probably going to go. 
I mean, that, that sounds like a terribly vague answer. That's because it is a vague answer. Um, because, and absolutely, it's a bit like dealing with the silence. Uh, I, I never remember a blind thing about what I've done. Uh, I, I just watch it on the telly and it looks quite good. But no, I, yeah, but that, you, can't, you, you are making it up as you go and it, it sort of unfolds. Also, Sorry, this is completely rubbish. the wrong forum, but I want to say that I loved coupling. It was genius. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Never the wrong forum for that. <laughs> yeah, how do you manage to, uh, I mean, you basically have decades of storylines that you have to kind of work within. Mm. So, I mean, how, how are you able to balance, you know, writing new stuff but staying within the rules? Uh, what do you mean uh, with, with Doctor Who because of the, the long history? Yes, yes. I can never honestly think of it. First of all, uh, in a terrifying fan level, I have memorized all of Doctor Who. I don't have to think about it. I know it better than those guys. Mm -hmm. I can outfan the fans. Uh, I mean, it's, I, as, as an artistic list-making fan, I'm number one. I'm the king. Uh, it's a terrible thing to boast about. It means you don't have a girlfriend ever. But it's you it's also my minor you have to be achievement. careful because I, I just heard a sound from a dude up there that took that as a personal challenge. Well, <laughs> we will see about that, Stephen Moffat. Oh, I bet you I can. Uh, so uh, no. To be honest, when you're writing Doctor Who, that's not what you think about. The, the actual backstory of Doctor Who is tiny. I had to write a little precy of it for uh, uh, an addition to the title sequence for some foreign sales. And I discovered you can sum up the whole backstory of Doctor Who in about three sentences. It's really, really quick. And it's, it's something like, uh, I forget what I actually wrote, but it's, uh, he's, uh, uh, he's called the Doctor. Uh, he's got a, 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 a box that's bigger on the inside that travels in time and space. There you go. That's the entire format. That's all you need to know to start. Uh, so easy enough, really. Excellent. Yes, next question. Um, first, I would just like to say to Matt that you were my doctor from the moment you started. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, and this is a question for Stephen, though I would like um, Matt's opinion as well. Huh. And so whether or not this has even been an idea, what are your thoughts on Benedict Cumberbatch as the master? Well, don't you think my life is confusing enough? <laughs> um, and uh, listen, if John Sim could hear you, you would not live another hour. <laughs> he came up to me after the, uh, I shouldn't tell you this, but I'm going to. Uh, <laughs> After the, uh, the the press launch for the end of time, uh, and he was uh, and he'd been saying, I think now that David's left as the Doctor, uh, I would have to leave as the Master. And he pulls me aside, and says, I didn't mean that. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm fine. They, they don't all regenerate at the same time. Look at me, I'm fit. I'm okay. <laughs> so Benedict has to wait in line, probably. But, oh, how confusing would it be? <laughs> All four cheekbones in one screen. <laughs> I tell you, I've stood between those two in a photograph. It's a really, really good way to look extra ugly, I can tell you. <laughs> Next question. Where is it? Hi. Oh, hey. fight, fight, fight. Hey, he's making nice. Oh. Let's let the lady go first. Um, I just want to say thanks. My boyfriend got me hooked on the show. And um, my question actually is for Matt. If you had to choose a hat, like a new hat now, what kind of hat oh, would you wear? No. 
Well, yeah, I'm to I, th I, for me, like, we've had this debate, me and Karen. Karen goes for the Fez, I go for the Stetson. But you um, so, Never yeah, shoots them. You know, it, it, it's, but sort of just, I just love hats. Any, any, any hat's a winner for me, really. Sombrero? Sombrero no es bueno. This gentleman here, yes. Listen, I don't, I don't uh, mean to be a critic, but... Oh, oh don't. No. No. This thing that we just watched was probably the best bit of television I have ever seen. Oh, oh my God. Oh, hang so, on, so, you guys. So far, no pressure. Wait though, a no minute. Pressure. The old oh. switcheroo. Oh, oh, you freaked us out. So oh, I don't know. He said probably. <laughs> so, um... Uh, as we do on the internet, and this is sort of like the internet come to life, um, we like to think, uh, terrifying. Um, Nobody's like naked. Yeah, we look at shows that we love and we sort of combine them. Like I would say, um, I would love to see Doctor Who go up against Godzilla. What impossible thing would you like to combine that you could never actually do? Like two shows that you could do with Doctor Who. Um, well, we can't do any of them we like, really, can't we? We just do a version. Um, I, I think probably, the, uh, for me as a fan, I'd like to see the Doctor meet Mr. Spock, but I don't think he's going to oh. happen. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I'd like to see the Doctor go and meet up with Michael Palin and just have to present a travel document. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love to see the TARDIS land in the British office. You could probably get Ricky Gervais for that, right? Yeah. Uh, next question. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to say, Arthur, I think Rory is the biggest mensch that has ever appeared on Doctor Who. <laughs> and Stephen, my name is Joy. Wait, wait, wait. I have to explain mensch to the Brits. And I am overjoyed that you had a, a character named after me after 48 years and she dies so horribly. Uh, uh. It was I am pleasure. overjoyed. <laughs> uh, more seriously, uh, in, in light of the similar question asked, Stephen, how do you actually go about writing a, a script? I mean, do you work out the plot in advance and then work out the dialogue, or do you do it at the same time? Or I'm a budding writer, so I'd like to know how um, you work. Uh, I, generally speaking, if it's Doctor Who, I'm thinking of great big fun things. Uh, you know, what would be an exciting thing to happen? Um, you know, what would be a brilliant way to start? You know, so yeah, it is like dealing with the silence. I don't remember. Um, in a state of panic, uh, and very, very late, and aware that I have to not spend the entire budget before the opening titles, but always do, I, I start. Um, a big, strong idea, uh, a big question at the beginning, uh, a big surprise in the middle, and a big bang at the end. And that's your Doctor Who. <laughs> Stephen, have you ever have you ever appeared on the show in the background somewhere? Would you ever appear on the show? No. <laughs> <laughs> do you know I did that once in a, a, a kid show I used to do years ago. 
I actually got myself into the background of the show. And it was rubbish. They kept pulling me back from my office saying, no, no, we're, we're looking that way again. I said, no, I'm not coming back. I've done it now. And they said, no, you have to be there all day. I said, no, get someone who looks like me. I'm not doing it. And I was literally getting pulled back in. So I'm never, ever doing it again. It's really boring. Never again. And you know what? They take ages to make it and they repeat it over and over again. Oh, have you been in a film set? <laughs> Yeah, just once. Um, uh, I think we have time for three more questions, so they better be good. Uh, all right, that's it. Oh, this gentleman up here. No, not this gentleman. This gentleman, I mean. Hey, uh, I have a question for Stephen. Um, sort of, I am a. I'm actually a dramatic writing student, like at NYU. So I'm like, um, and I love like all your episodes and stuff. Um, especially The Empty Child, that's my favorite. Um, I'm going downhill, is that what you're saying? <laughs> my, my, question, my question is, um, like, what advice, I guess, would you give like, to like, a young, like, starting out like, dramatic writer, I guess? Right. There's nothing, there's, everything else is easy. Everything else, getting your scripts read, easy. Uh, all of that, piece of piss. Write all the time, write every single day and be incredibly critical of what you write and don't tell people it's brilliant when it's not. Uh, and be, be your first and worst critic always. But write. Just, there are people who claim that they want to be writers and they've got one script. You've got to write and write and write. And the first hundred scripts you write will be rubbish. And the next hundred will be rubbish too. So you've got to get the first 200 out of the way pretty quickly. Uh, and then maybe one of them will be mediocre. Did you and I'm not kidding. But that's what it's like. Did you say, you said you, said you were going to be a writer, was that it? Or did you say you were an actor? <clears throat> oh, you're studying dramatic writing. Yeah. Oh, okay, excellent. Mm. Good year. Yeah. Uh, yes, you, sir. This is for Stephen. Uh, first off, I'll just say that your episode Blink you wrote, mm. all of us right here, got us hooked, so uh, thank you. <laughs> but uh, I noticed a trend with Davies and his writing every season. He, uh, rip somebody away from us, made us cry every season. I have to thank you so much for last season, the best ending ever. Finally got a happy ending. We have a cast here we love, and I'm just glad to see all of you back for the season. I'd just like to know, uh, with the 50th anniversary coming up, you know, come, no big spoilers, but uh, can we hope to see you guys last for a while, and uh, are you working towards something for this 50th anniversary? I've noticed you have a two-season story going here which you've never mm. seen before. Are you asking me to tell you what I'm going to do in the future? I was, I was wondering. I was wondering if you're working towards something big for us. Yeah, we'll do something big. Something big. Something big. Bigger on the inside. And a, and a, a small question for Matt. I see you're wearing a, a tie today. So uh, yes, tell us what is truly cooler, a bow tie or the tie? Oh, bow ties are cooler. All right, good, 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 good. <laughs> All right, you guys, we have time for one more question. Oh, grrr, anger, rage. Oh, hey, okay. Hey, I have two, two questions. One's really simple. Um, a lot of people miss the autograph signing stuff because it, like, a lot of people just didn't hear about it. So I was wondering if you're signing things um, tonight at all. And the other question is, do you feel maybe just a little bad about the terrible cliffhanger you're going to give people after watching that first episode? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do I look like I've got feelings? No, that's not a thing. No, it's brilliant. I love it. And that's not the worst. Oh, it gets far worse. It's going to be a long summer. <laughs> Thanks for all the donuts. 
I mean, are there? Uh, no, I have no uh, idea what's going on. I don't I, I'm, think I'm so, not I think. sure. I'm not sure if that's if that's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> you guys. And then the theater went berserk. <laughs> like a zombie outbreak. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if there's going to be a signing. Um, uh, I know that the BBC has these guys on a strict schedule, and they've been running them ragged the last few days. So, but, but whatever happens, whatever happens, you get to see the first two episodes before anybody. This is already a win. You got to ask them questions. They responded. Everyone liked each other. There were hugs. Uh, by me and them. So uh, anyway, I think we're at the end of the panel now, but please, please, please join me in thanking so much for coming out here. Piers Winger, Beth Willis, Toby Haynes, Stephen Moffat, Alex Kingston, Arthur Darville, Karen Gillen, and Matt Smith. Don't tell anyone about this. Thank you so much for coming out, everyone. Good night. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past. And the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.